This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. In his book titled The Atlas of Jewish History, the author Martin Gilbert wrote these words in his preface. He says, I was surprised, depressed and to some extent overwhelmed by the perpetual and irrational violence which pursued the Jews in every century unto almost every corner of the globe. If therefore persecution, expulsion, torture, humiliation and mass murder haunt these pages, is because they also haunt the Jewish story. The fact that the Jewish race exists today is truly a miraculous event. This tiny race of people have been persecuted to the point of extinction for centuries, and yet they are still here. They exist today because they are God's chosen people. So this afternoon we want to look at the miracle of the Jewish people. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 28 we have a, a chapter which describes in detail what would happen to the Jews if they obeyed God and remained faithful to him what would happen if they disobeyed him more often than not they were unfaithful to him and time and time again in the Old Testament we read of how they were taken captive from their homeland because of their disobedience the longest dispersion of the Jews from their homeland began in May AD 70 when Titus and 65,000 Roman soldiers besieged Jerusalem something that had been predicted by Jesus some 40 years earlier in his Mount Olivet prophecy. In Luke 21, verse 20 to 23, Jesus says, And when you shall see Jerusalem comes with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter therein For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. In September AD 70 the city of Jerusalem fell to the Romans, the temple was burned and completely destroyed, and many Jews were taken as captives into Rome, fulfilling the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 verses 1 and 2, where it says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. So when Jerusalem fell in AD 70, as I've said, many Jews were taken captive to Rome. However, some remained behind. And in AD 132, a revolt against the Romans began. This was known as Ebar Kochba, Revolt and was eventually crushed by the Romans in AD 135. Many more Jews were taken, then taken captive from their homeland, which slowly and slowly became emptier. And the nation of Israel ceased to exist, just as God had said it would back in Deuteronomy chapter 28, which was written close to 1500 years before. In verse 49 of Deuteronomy 28, it says, the Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand, a nation of fierce countenance which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favour to the young. 
and he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle, the fruit of thy land, until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee either corn, wine, or oil, or the increase of thy kine, or flocks of thy sheep, until they have destroyed thee. Verse 52, And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, until thy high and fence walls come down, wherein thou trustest, throughout all thy land. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates, throughout all thy country, which the Lord thy God hath given thee. As swift as the eagle flieth. The most famous standard of the Roman Empire was the Aquila or eagle, which was the symbol of a Roman legion. So in verse 49 here the Lord is saying that it is a nation of Rome that I am going to bring against you. So the real main dispersion of Jews from Israel beginning AD 135. In verse 68 of Deuteronomy 28 it says And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee and thou shalt see it no more again and there you shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen and no man shall buy you. Now history actually tells us that a lot of the Jews who survived the Roman siege were sent to Egypt to work in the Egyptian mines and were forced to work day and night. The Egyptian markets were swamped with Jewish slaves. So the Jews were scattered throughout the world because of their constant rebellion against God, fulfilling many Old Testament prophecies, one of which is in Deuteronomy 28, verses 64 to 67, where it says, And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people, from the one end of the earth even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease, neither shall thy soul thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart, and felling of my eyes, and sorrow of mind. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear day and night, and shalt have none assurance of thy life. In the morning thou shalt say, Well, God, it were even, that even thou shalt say, Well, God, it were morning. For the fear of thine heart, wherewith thou shalt fear, for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see. By 300 AD, the Jews had settled in every country of the Roman Empire except for Great Britain. And notice how in verse 65 God says that in these nations they will find no ease. In the vast majority of the countries that the Jews tried to settle in during their dispersion, they were either persecuted or driven from the country itself. In Europe they were driven from France in 1182, 1306, from, from Britain 1290, from Germany 1012, 1248, 1348, from Spain 1492, Portugal 1497, Hungary 1349, Austria 1492, and, and, also, and, and also from Sicily in 1492. I've just noticed the years here roughly a 300 year period between 1182 and 1492. Now these years were particularly bad for the Jews due to the Crusades. Because of the conflict between Christianity and Islam, the Jews suffered greatly, leading ultimately to a few long centuries of persecution and expulsion. 
Now the Crusades actually began in 1095 when a sermon was preached on the Christians to regain control of the Holy Land. This led to gangs attacking Jewish communities, destroying their towns and cities, and torturing the people who lived in them. The Jews were perceived as a threat because they did not believe Jesus Christ was the Son of God and were therefore non-Christian believers. The Crusades left to the, led to the Jews becoming the hated religious sect and were cast out of almost every country in Europe. They, um, they had to move into other countries, countries where they were also not wanted. For a short time they were accepted in Spain but then the Spanish Inquisition came along and they were eventually cast out of Spain in 1492. The Jews continued to be treated in this way throughout the 16th, 17th, 18th and 19th centuries. And it was during the 19th century that a word was actually devised that meant a total or partial opposition to the Jews and that word was anti-Semitism. It is defined as a, a word which means prejudice against, hatred of or discrimination against Jews as a national, ethnic, religious or racial group. And anti-Semitism is widely considered a form of racism. Uh, the term anti-Semitic was popularized in Germany in 1873 as a scientific sounding term for Judenhass, Jew hatred. And by far as I'm sure we know, the worst example of anti-Semitism the world has ever seen was the Nazi Holocaust during the Second World War, when his, when his, when his, excuse me, when in his attempt to create a pure race, Adolf Hitler devised his final solution, a plan to annihilate the Jewish people. As we probably know, the Nazi Holocaust was the systematic annihilation of six million Jews by the Nazis during the Second World War. In 1933, nine million Jews lived in the 21 countries of Europe that were to be occupied by Nazi Germany during the war. By 1945, two out of every three European Jews had been killed and more than 1.2 million Jewish children had been murdered. And this table here shows the estimates of uh, how many Jews died in each occupied country during the war. As you can see, it's a very, very large number. And yet, despite the Nazi Holocaust, the Crusades, and the persecution down the ages, the Jews survived as a race. They retained their identity, and they thrived as a nation. How and why? Well, let's look first at how. Very, very simply, it is because God said they would. We'd just like to look at four verses now which show this. The first is Leviticus 26, verse 44, where God says, And yet, for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them out, cast them away, neither will I abhor them to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. This is a clear promise that despite the persecutions they would endure, they would survive as a race. The next verse that speaks of this is Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 11, where it says, For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee. Though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, 
yet will I not make a full end of thee but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished and then Jeremiah 46 verse 28 fear thou not O Jacob my servant saith the Lord for I am with thee for I will make a full end of all the nations whither I have driven thee but I will not make a full end of thee but correct thee in measure yet will I not leave thee wholly unpunished and finally in Jeremiah 33 verse 25 and 26 thus saith the Lord if my covenant be not with day and night and if I have not appointed the ordinance of heaven and earth then will I cast away the seed of Jacob so in this passage God is saying that as sure as night follows day the Jewish race will continue so that's how why why did God want them to, to survive well because the Jews are God's chosen people they are his witnesses to his existence in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 6 to 8 we read for there art an holy people unto the Lord thy God the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people for you were the fewest of all people but because the Lord loved you because he will keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers hath the Lord brought you out of the mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt and in Isaiah 43 verses 10 to 12 ye are my witnesses saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me there was no God formed neither shall there be after me I even I am the Lord beside me there is no saviour I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you therefore ye are my witnesses saith the Lord that I am God when you look at what the Jews have gone through like we've done this afternoon ask yourself what are the odds of the Jews surviving all that and retaining their identity on their own by chance it is incomprehensible any other race would either have integrated into the country they were in or died off but not the Jews because God said although I will punish you and make an example of you I will not make a full end of you because you are my witnesses and I will bring you back into your own land in 1948 against all odds the state of Israel was reborn and Jews began returning home in their thousands fulfilling numerous Old Testament prophecies in Ezekiel chapter 37 we have an entire chapter which speaks of the restoration of Israel and in verses 11 to 14 we read then he said unto me son of man these bones are the whole house of Israel behold they say our bones are dried our hope is lost we are cut off for our parts therefore prophesying saying to them thus saith the Lord God behold O my people I will open your graves cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel and you shall know the time the Lord when I have opened your graves on my people and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live 
and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. And then in verse 21 of the same chapter, And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. As I said, the nation of Israel has flourished since it was reborn. The Jewish race has given an awful lot to the world. Let's just have a look at a few Jewish inventions that have changed the world. So firstly we have lasers. Now lasers as we know are used in everyday devices such as DVD players, barcodes, scanners and in specialised applications such as laser surgery and oops, sorry, and uh, laser surgery and welding materials. And it was actually a Jewish American named Theodore Mayman who successfully um, devised the first working laser on May the 16th, 1960. However, he wasn't the first Jew involved in laser work. Albert Einstein, another Jew, established the theoretical, theoretical foundations for the laser in 1917. Next we have the pacemaker and defibrillator which as we know has saved countless lives and a Jewish American cardiologist named Paul Zoll was one of the pioneers in the development of both the cardiac pacemaker and the defibrillator. When it comes to genetic engineering Jewish American scientist Paul Berg created the first recombinant DNA molecules in 1972 by combining two viruses which led to the development of modern genetic engineering. And here's something we all use, stainless steel, um, something as I say I'm sure everyone has at home and this also has a, a Jewish connection. German Jewish, um, a, a German Jew named Hans Goldschmidt developed the process in 1893 by which carbon-free chromium could be produced. Stainless steel is an alloy which is more than 10% chromium, so Goldsmith's discovery allows scientists to create what we would now be, what we would now consider stainless steel in the early 1900s. Jewish bacteriologist Valdemir Hafkine is credited as the first microbiologist to develop vaccines against uh, such um, diseases as bubonic plague and also, as we can see on the screen, against, the, against polio. Um, on perhaps a more infamous note, Jewish-American Robert Oppenheimer is often called the father of the atom bomb because of his role in the Manhattan Project which developed the first nuclear weapons. And finally, I'm sure that most of us here have, heard, have used the, the Google search engine on the internet and Google was actually founded by Larry Page and Sergei Brin who are both Jewish. So there we have a few Jewish inventions that have changed the world and there are literally hundreds more I could list. Needless to say that the Jews have given an awful lot to the world. So why is it important to us that the Jews have survived that the nation of Israel has been reborn and is around today. <coughs> well it's important because in the Bible we are told that when we see the nation of Israel reborn and flourishing as a nation then the return of Jesus Christ and the 
to the earth and the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth is very near now throughout the Bible Israel is often referred to as a fig tree in Hosea 9 verse 10 for example it says when I found Israel it was like finding grapes in the desert when I saw your fathers it was like seeing the early fruit on the fig tree now in Matthew chapter 24 Jesus gives his Mount Olivet prophecy he foretells of the things that will happen in the world immediately before his return in verse 32 Jesus speaks of the fig tree Israel he says now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branches yet tend and put forth leaves you know that summer is nigh so likewise ye when ye see all these things know that it is near even at the doors so Jesus is saying here that when you see Israel reborn and flourishing as a nation then know that my return is very near Jesus Christ will return to the earth very soon to establish the everlasting kingdom of God on earth we can have 100% certainty that this will happen because the Jews have survived the nation of Israel has been reborn and just like a fig tree in the summer is now flourishing as a nation but before Jesus returns things are going to get worse once, once again for the Jews we are told in scripture that they will be invaded once more they will be defeated and they will be taken away captive once more in the, the prophecy of Zechariah chapter 14 verses 1 and 2 it says behold the day of the Lord cometh and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city shall be taken the houses rifled and the women ravished after the city shall go forth into captivity and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city but this is the final time that the Jews will be taken into captivity for the next two verses we read then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle and his the and his feet the Lord Jesus shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west there shall be a very great valley and half of the mountain half of the mountain shall I move toward the north and half of it toward the south so as I said his feet in verse 4 are referring to the feet of the Lord Jesus he will return to save God's chosen people the Jews and to establish God's kingdom and God wants you to be a part of his kingdom his invite is contained in his most holy word all you have to do is accept it, believe it and be baptized into the saving name of the Lord Jesus which in itself is an entire subject or two so in conclusion then the fact that the nation of Israel that the Jews and the nation of Israel exist today is truly a modern day miraculous event God said they would be driven from their homeland that they would find no ease and would suffer persecution but they would survive and return to their own land I'll leave you this afternoon with the words of the prophet Ezekiel from chapter 37 verses 12 to 14 therefore prophesying saying to them thus saith the Lord God Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. 
and ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves on my people and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land then shall ye know that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it saith the Lord we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads, information about what we believe, and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.